Amen. Bless the name of God today. This year our theme is God's work, our hands, and for the next few Sundays, Tuesdays, whenever pastor get a chance, amen, to share the word that is somewhere in there we're going to be preaching about God's work and our hands, amen. I believe it's a great theme for us, inspired certainly by the scripture of Philippians chapter 1, but we want to believe that God is going to speak to us through every scripture. One of the things I've learned about my word of faith, prosperity, gospel preachers, amen, that's their only agenda, and so they see money in every scripture, amen. I see hope in every scripture, and I see God speaking to us about what God is going to do with us as a people of hope this year. In the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, you will find the words of our text for today and probably for the next several Sundays as the Lord would have us. Amen. One of the exercises I used to give my students at American Baptist College is to preach one text in four different ways. And so any one text I give you, trust me, I can get at least four sermons out of every one. But today we're going to look at this one passage of scripture. Amen. And from that, we will preach from the subject, God's work of creation. Amen. Listen to the word of God. And it reads, thusly, I'm reading from the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, and it reads thusly. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. Amen and amen. Thus far the scripture, may God bless it with God's presence in this place today. God's work, our hands is our theme. God's work of creation, our topic, our subject for today. Bless the name of God. Traveling allows one to see the vast expanse God created called world or Mother Earth as we know it. Planet Earth is huge and just as it is huge, it is fascinating to an inquiring mind. So much water surrounding the seven land masses called the seven continents. So many different languages and cultural practices among the people of the earth who all originated from one common family, one family stock, one human race. Mind-boggling to me, to say the least. Traveling 32 to 36,000 feet above the earth's surface in airplanes often makes one ask the question, what kind of being created something like this? It makes you appreciate what the psalmist felt when he or she wrote in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows forth God's handiwork. What kind of intelligence were behind the work of creating the clouds, and the sun, and the moon, and the stars, uh, so much so that they are in perfect alignment with each other, and thereby creating different time zones. What kind of intelligent 
being created something like this thing called Mother Earth. So that Cape Town and Johannesburg, South Africa can be eight hours ahead of us here in Nashville. And that Melbourne and Sydney, Australia can be 17 hours ahead because the sun rises in the east and they are that much farther east than we are here in the west. God is simply amazing. Just amazing and just inspiring to a little island boy whose life has turned out so much better than expected. So I'm just sharing what inspired the preaching of this gospel today. One of the many things I enjoy about traveling on airplanes is to have uninterrupted time to read my Bible and books on my to-read list. So while traveling back to the U.S. from South Africa, I tried to catch up on my daily Bible reading, Ashley. Amen. Of course, as an overachiever, I decided to begin reading, amen, not just from the day I picked it up, Jason, but I decided to go back to the beginning of the year. And when I went all the way back to the beginning of the book, there at the beginning of the Bible, I found the text that seeks to describe how this intelligent being we call God worked on the creation of this vast expanse called Mother Earth. Come on, y'all. Y'all got a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching pastor. I'm always going to be in the Word of God. Amen. And so the text says it emphatically as if to leave no room for doubt. Listen to what it says. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. As the kids say, OMG. Oh my God. What sweet theological poetry. Attempting to describe how the ancient Israelites believed God worked to create the heavens and the earth and will work to create whatever is needed in the lives of those who love God and seek to fulfill God's purposes in the world. You can't miss it, y'all. It is not just poetry. It is a shared conviction about how God works to create the earth and how God will work to create whatever God's people need in their lives as long as it is tied to the purposes of God. Listen to it, y'all, in the beginning. From the beginning. When the beginning began, the conviction is that God was there creating the beginning. Isn't that amazing? That when you look at the world as we know it today, come on, God created it. And God created it perfectly. Come on. Ah, I don't know about you, but that gives me, it gives me, I'm trying not to get to the end of the sermon, Jason, and just get to shouting when I think about what that means for us as a people of God. So walk with me through this text for a minute and I'll leave you alone in a minute. Amen. Now here's the historical situation that influences the writing of this sacred scripture. The newly freed Israelites were about to 
build a great nation with their hands and did not want to undertake such without legislating what role God was going to play in this great work. You hear me today? They were getting ready to build a nation with their hands. They were getting ready to build great lives with their hands. They were getting ready to build a community of people that would be known as the people of God. And they did not want to build it without legislating that God was the one that was going to play a great part in this great work. Listen to me. Genesis is one of the five law books in the Bible known in theological circles as the Pentateuch or the Torah. That means they're the law. These are not just stories. These are not just stories. These are laws embodied and embedded in stories. So much so that when you read the stories, what you are discovering is that there are convictions embedded in these stories. It's like having a capsule and having to open the capsule to discover what is in that capsule. So are these stories. And so the contents are meant to establish laws for life. Laws for life. Not just mere suggestions for daily living among the people of God. Come on, uh, Mr. Aquayoc, help me up here. You're working me too hard. Amen. Listen. The legislated conviction of our scripture was that, ah, there you go, amen. The legislative conviction of our scripture was that if there was going to be a beginning of any work, God had to be in the beginning. You got to get it. You got to get it. Come on. What is being legislated is that if you start anything, God's got to be in it. Come on, y'all. If you're going to build anything, God's got to be in it. If you're planning anything, God has to be in the beginning of those plans. Come on, y'all. Somebody say, why come? Why come? Why come? Because if God was not in the beginning, God cannot be held accountable to finish it. Come on, you're going to see the implication in a minute. Amen. So why should you care about whether you hear this message or not? You can't demand God to finish what God did not begin. Oh, God, help us, help us, help us. Help us today. I, I, I pray God give me, give, me, give me a little grace to finish this. Come on, y'all. You cannot demand that God finish anything that God did not begin. In other words, to prevent redos, God had to be in the beginning. <laughs> and that's what's wrong with a lot of our lives today. We got to do too many redos because we begin stuff without God being in it. Come on, Lord. We start stuff without God. And then we want God to work a miracle to finish it. Come on. If God did not start the marriage, you can't demand God to finish it with till death do us part. No, if you got married based on body parts and slick talk, and now you want God to hold 
knit together with the spiritual glue of forgiveness and deliverance. No such thing can be done in the face of God. In other words, y'all freaked each other. Oh my God, but you did not find the God in each other. Oh, before, oh my God, freaking somebody is good, uh, you know, in certain contexts. Uh, uh, but if you're going to marry them, uh, you better find out, do you have God in you? We marry body parts. We marry long hair. Oh my God, we marry, you know, we marry all that and then we ask God to come bless the mess. The last time I heard, God does not bless mess. Uh, uh, yeah, I was talking to somebody last night, uh, and uh, uh, you know, you know, it's one thing when somebody asks you to counsel them, you know, and you you sincerely listening to them, you know, and and you hear them struggling with the relational issues and. Uh, and you want to be there for him. So you're like, I'm listening, uh-huh. It's like, I'm listening, uh-huh. And then, you know, now, now this is a church-going woman. Oh, God. <laughs> and then at the end, almost, you know, an hour or so into the conversation where he said, you know he don't believe in God. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I wanted to speak in, uh, you know, uh, uh, poppy tongues. Hey, man, I, uh, I, uh, not, not, uh, I, 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 like, why are we having this conversation? <laughs> you have asked a spiritual advice. <laughs> to counsel you on spiritual principles and you are worrying yourself over a man who does not believe in God. She said, he said, God is the figment of our imagination. I said, keep on living, honey. Keep on living. You're going to be around long enough, amen, for him to need the God. Uh, that he's trying to deny. I'm trying to help you understand one thing. You can't ask God to finish what God did not begin. Listen, if God did not give you that job, you can't demand God to protect you and promote you on it. Come on. You didn't pray about it. You didn't attach a godly purpose to it. Come on. You didn't make any commitments to God for having it. And now you're catching hell for having it. And you're wondering why God is silent on it. Come on, y'all. God ain't no valley boy. Ah, that we can just give God stuff. Amen. Uh, uh, and then, you know, when, when the stuff starts thinking, you know what I want to say. Then we want God to show up and clean it up. Well, if God was not there in the beginning, 
can't hold God accountable. Look at here, y'all. The, the benefit of having God in it is that you can call on God to fix it when it ain't working like it should. Come on, y'all. I'm like, God, come fix this. You know, I want to go St. Croix on you. <laughs> God, God, God I, you better come fix this thing. Uh, because you hold the blueprint for this. I don't understand all of what's going on, but you come and fix this. See, you can call God to come fix your stuff when you know God, hallelujah, is the one that gave it to you in the first place. How do you think I've survived 35 years in the ministry? Because I didn't choose this thing. Oh my God, this thing chose me. That's why Paul says it. I love Paul says, I have not yet apprehended that which I have been apprehended for. If you can walk away from your relationship with God, then it may just be something you liked rather than something you were called to. When folks say, I need a break from God, and I need a break from church, come on, my God. You can't need no break from God. If God started that relationship, why? Because when God starts this thing, I don't care how jacked up and raggedy and wretched your life is. The God I serve keeps God's hand on you. And the more you try to run, the more God will jack you off. And the more you try to take God's blessings and experience them outside of the purpose for which God has given it to you, the more hell you catch in your life. I, I can call him the fix-it trinity because God did this. I, you know, I, I love my wife a lot. Uh -huh. uh, but we have a lot of intense moments of fellowship. Uh, yeah, we have. We speak in tongues to each other. Uh -huh. and, and we can't share them tongues with you all. Y'all will put a question mark over our salvation if we share some of those tongues with you. We have intense moments of fellowship. But every now and then I have to remind myself when I saw that woman preaching at Greater Bethlehem Church. Oh my God, almost 28 years ago. And God told me, Go marry her and take care of her. You wonder why I take care of her? Because God says so. Some days I don't want to. And some days I don't love doing it, my God. And some days I flat out speak in a whole lot of tongues. But every now and then I remind myself, God gave me that woman. Oh my God. So I'm like, God, come fix this.
problem is a lot of us, we get a lot of stuff started, but there ain't no God in it. And if no God is in it, you can't ask God to come fix it. Uh-huh, you need to scrap it. Start all over again. Uh, ain't no need you dying in your mistakes. Come on, y'all. Scrap it. Start all over again. Come on, I'm talking to somebody today. You need to go home today and scrap some stuff. I don't know what it is. Come on, uh, you can't scrap your relationship with your children. So don't say, pastor, say put them out. No, no. But you can scrap the way you relate to them. Come on, my God. Scrap the mess and start all over again. <laughs> Look, you cannot demand God to finish what God did not begin. Now, how do we resolve such debacles from happening over and over again? It's real simple. Let God be in the beginning. How do you stop having to redo? Let God be in the beginning. Come on, y'all. Let God be in the beginning. Listen, when God is in the beginning of a work, the work, listen how you know God is in it. Come on, y'all, listen to me. You know that God is in it when it looks larger than just for you. Listen to what the writer says. Come on, Jason. Uh, the writer says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Come on, y'all. Israel needed a nation built, Phoebe, but they began with the conviction that God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, God can create, if God can create heavens and earth, God can create a nation. Come on, y'all got to see it. You got to believe, you got to have a conviction that God can do greater than what you need done in your life. Come on, y'all. If, if what... <laughs> Whatever you're getting ready to do this year, if you can do it by yourself, and if it's only for yourself, it ain't of God. Come on, y'all. It got to be larger than just you. In other words, when you think about doing what you want to do, and you realize this thing is larger than me. I have no strength and no power and no resources and no ability to complete this thing. But because I serve a God who created the heavens and the earth, I'm like, God, come and take care of your child. Our problem, our vision for life is too small. Ah, come on, y'all. You got to think globally. You got to think communally. You got to get out of the mindset of just me and my and I. Come on, y'all. That kind of thinking is toxic to your soul and destructive to your family and community. You can't survive in this world by yourself. 
and you can't dream for better by yourself. Come on, y'all. Some days early in the marriage, we don't think about divorce too much these days, you know, but early in the marriage, early in the marriage, early, you know, before you get the seven-year itch, uh, uh, we used to think about it, and you have to, you have to weigh that stuff, <laughs> and then, when you start thinking about, oh my God, what is the purpose of this marriage? Uh, my wife always reminds me, she says, uh, Derek is her only nephew, and Derek will call, and he calls the uncle, talk to me about marriage. Why does Derek call me and talk to me about marriage? Because we are the only couple in all of his aunts and uncles that have survived the, the tragedy of divorce. And so sometimes you do things for God, not just for you. If you don't have a mission for your relationship, who? One time I was chasing after a little pretty little girl. Oh my God, I was chasing after a pretty little girl. Who? She was beautiful. And she asked me a question. Uh huh. She asked me a question. She asked me a question. And the question finally stopped me in my tracks. She said, What is the purpose for you being in my life? Woo! Lord, when you are a player and you're trying to play, you don't want nobody to ask you, What is the purpose for you being in my life? She like, Just tell me. You know, what is the purpose for you being in my life? I like, Girl, oh, I got one purpose in mind right now and it ain't of God so come on you go your way and I'm going to go my way some of y'all need to ask the people in your life right now what is the purpose for you being in my life are you going to make me better or are you going to make me bitter are you going to make me stronger or are you going to weak me are you going to sap my strength or are you going to fill my cup? <laughs> Why are you here? What you want? <laughs> what you want? At least be honest. Tell me what you want <laughs> and what you're going to deliver since you're here. <laughs> And give me the choice to tell you, oh, I want what you got. <laughs> what you delivering does not bring me an inch closer to my purpose for being in this world. <sighs> you got to think globally. Got to think communally. Got to broaden your vision for what God has in store for you. Look at here. I wish Fortify, this president Fortify, and his base would get this principle. You cannot make America great again for a minority of white races by excluding people of color from your population. Whether it is building that mm, immoral wall 
or silencing the votes and voices of Native Americans or reversing the rights of our transgender brothers and sisters to serve in the armed forces if the policy does not stretch towards the heavens and the earth it is not of God and it shall not prevail no wall will be built Transgendered people will serve in the armed forces. Come on, y'all. They've been serving and they shall serve in the name of the God who created the heavens and the earth. I'm almost done. Yeah. I want to celebrate today that God, I want to celebrate God as, as perfect in God's work as a creator. That God is a perfect creator. You got to get the implications of that. Does not matter how much damage human beings do to the earth. The fact remains the earth is God's perfect work. And by extension, it does not matter how much damage human beings have done to you. You are a perfect work of God. I don't care what demon they put on your hard drive. And I don't care what deformity you were born with. The God that I serve does not make mistakes. Come on, y'all. Since the beginning of the heavens and the earth, there has been no redos. Ain't nothing had to be redone on the earth. There have been no renovations, no remodels, no necessary improvements, no upgrades. Nothing in this world had to be uploaded, downloaded, deleted, reinstalled. No, everything functions the way God designed it. Come on, y'all. Now, that's, that's good news for the people of God. Come on and look at yourself as a work of God. You may not believe it, but regardless of your circumstances right now, come on, y'all. I love the words of the psalmist. It says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wondrously made. Marvelous are your works, O Lord, and my soul knows it so well. Look at your own life and see how God has blessed you. Come on, y'all. There is no mistake about you. I do not care what are the current circumstances of your life. Do not care what your past experiences has been. The God that created you does not make mistakes. Whatever they say you're lacking, God shall supply it. 
Come on, wherever you are weak, God will make you strong. Wherever there is confusion, God will figure it out. God does not make mistakes, y'all. Come on, why? Because your greatest weakness, it can become your greatest strength. Your greatest embarrassment can be the thing that makes you the most proud of in this life. I serve a turnaround God. Why? Because the God I serve, he has the script for my life. And what I don't understand today, the Bible teaches me that by and by, when the morning comes, oh my God, when all the saints shall gather in home, I'll tell the story of how I overcome. We'll understand it better. By and by. I'm going to stop right there. I want you to come back next week for how God take nothing and create everything. Now, stand on your feet. Real quiet, real quiet. Y'all been quiet all day? Be quiet right now. It's okay. Yeah, you been quiet on me. See, I ain't scared of quiet. 35 years ago, 35 years ago, Ashley, I started preaching to my chickens. Last time I checked, them chickens back then, chickens now, they don't talk back to you. Amen. So I'm accustomed to preaching without applause. So you don't have to say amen because I ain't accountable to you. I'm accountable to God. So I'm going to say what I got to say and sit my little Trinidadian behind down. So now here it here it is, here it is. It's real simple, y'all. A lot of us in here today began a lot of stuff and God wasn't in it. You know it. God wasn't in it. And you've been forcing it. Trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and it ain't been working it ain't working for you I don't want to be the bearer of a little bad news for you does not matter how long you try to fit that square peg in that round hole it ain't gonna work no way no how if you came to church today and you won't start something new but you won't make sure God is in it this time been married before you won't get married again been in one crazy relationship, you got out of there. Thankfully, you got out alive. Didn't get your head beaten up. Didn't get no terminal disease. Hmm. 
but you won't start the thing new today. Afresh. It's January 27th, last Sunday, first month of the year. You want to start something new? This is what I want you to do for me today. You came to church today and you said to yourself, God, I want to do something new. Because the old has not worked for me. Some of you probably have been to traditional churches. You go to church, praise Jesus, two, three hours on a Sunday, live wretched the rest of the rest of the week. You don't help nobody. You don't talk to nobody. Think only about yourself. You're wretched. Just wretched. You're selfish. Yeah. Yeah, you're greedy. You take all the goodness of God towards you for your own self. They got kids in this church and community that you can mentor. You can do better. If you're in this church today, and the only reason why you have not stepped up, stepped outstep forward to do more is because you believe something is so wrong with you so lacking in your life so shameful so embarrassing that you can't be a Christian I want to tell you today you're looking at one of the craziest human beings you ever want to know And it's nothing but the grace and the anointing of God on my life. I've never said to you, I'm the perfect glass of water. And that's why you ought to follow my leadership. I've always been transparent with you. And I've always told you, there's a lot of leaks, a lot of cracks clay feet, sticky hands, wandering eyes. But God has decided in God's infinite wisdom and abiding mercies to allow this wounded healer to be your pastor. If you're looking for a relationship with a church and pastors. One that you can trust. You know, I discovered something about therapy, Melissa. If you don't trust the person you're telling your stories to, you'll never do the work of transformation. Transformation only comes when you can tell the scandalous truth about your life. The sanitized story does not bring you transformation. When you go to the doctor, you lie, you ain't helping nobody. You go to your counselor, you lie, 
they ask you how you doing and you start all that religious uh, I'm blessed and highly favored well no why are you having migraines why are you having panic attacks something is wrong tell the scandalous truth and your life will change tell the sanitized story ain't gonna happen in your life listen to me today if you want to come join us here at this church this is our moment of invitation in the stillness of this moment no music no none we just we just here if you want your life to change I promise you the gospel we preach here and the ministries we do it will change your life if you're in this church today and you're looking for a pastor pastors that you can trust we are not perfect but that thing called integrity it ain't for sale here no Come on, meet me at the altar.